Happy Sunday and welcome to Dr. R.T. Colored River Connections podcast. Today's podcast, We Shall Not Be Silent. As always, I'll read a scripture coming from Psalms 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. These are the words of a poem called Freedom. They say we'll never get it. I believe when people hear the colored side of the story, injustice anywhere is an insult to justice everywhere. They chant and throw objects, but I'm not giving up. I feel like I could walk all night for freedom. Cops yell and block the roads and order people to go back. Groups of Caucasians chant in our faces and hold up signs. But all I can say is keep walking. We are on the eve of the 2020 elections. An election for the soul of America. I'm so ready to have this conversation about voter suppression. The history of Black people, when they first started voting in this country, let me give some updates. In Texas, on tomorrow, the Texas Republican Party has filed a lawsuit to throw out 127 drive-through ballots in Harris County. Which is called voter suppression. And voter suppression is a strategy used to influence the outcome of an election by discouraging or preventing 
specific groups of people from voting. And usually it's people of color. Black people, brown people, African Americans, American Hispanics. This morning I remember the civil rights activists who have now passed away, giving honor to their family and their loss. C.T. Vivian and John Lewis, giants of the civil rights era, stood and fought all their lives against civil rights injustice and voter suppression in our black communities. Let's look at voter suppression. I guess we have to start with uh, the Shelby County versus Holder decision. The United States Supreme Court's ruling in 2013 that stripped the Federal Voting Rights Act of the preclearance requirement which had required states with a history of racist disenfranchisement to get authorization from the federal government before implementing changes to voting laws of rules. Well, what was voter suppression? How did they do it? Well, number one, closure of polling places in predominantly black and Latino communities. Texas and Georgia, both previously subject to federal preclearance, led the way. Texas and Georgia. Texas is ahead of the country as a whole in demographic changes. Non-Hispanic white people are already a minority there, accounting for about 40% of the population in Texas. Also, changes demographics have turned Georgia into a battleground state. Today, in the 2020 election, as well as Texas. During the Stacey Abrams challenge to become the first black woman governor of Georgia, Georgia Secretary of State, then Republican Brian Kemp, use his office to suppress the vote against Stacey Abrams and against the black community. Polling places were closed, depriving 
election officials in black community of resources and purging black people from the voting list as they have done in Florida. So what has gone on for years, hundreds of years, since the Emancipation Proclamation, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but Republicans have always tried to stop and prevent people of color from voting. The governor of Texas today limiting a number of ballot drop sites in Texas. It was the poll tax in the 1800s that was tied to voting. to keep black people and low-income people from having a say in the elections. All of this started in the Jim Crow era. And President Trump and his administration in the last four years have created legislation and now is going to the Supreme Court to throw out ballots after November the 3rd. They must be so afraid they're going to lose the presidency, the White House, and the Senate trying to keep people from voting. But we will not be silent. In memory of the late John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, we will not be silent. In memory of the late Dr. King, we will not be silent. As I remember the barriers we as a people had to climb over to vote, we will continue to shout out the Jim Crow abuses and the racial divide that divides this country this morning. Family history during the Radical Reconstruction in Texas. The political move regarding voter suppression was to make sure white voters outnumbered black voters around 1867. Texas had 
637,000 white voters. Texas had 703,000 black voters. And that was not going to remain that way. In the Harper's Weekly, the article reported that in uh, 18, September 28, 1867, that the new black voters constituted a majority in the states of Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas. Black voters eagerly went to the polls that fall in large numbers from 70% in Georgia to almost 90% in Virginia. The cover of the November 16, 1867 issue of Harper's Weekly was an illustration of Southern black men, a workman, a businessman, and a soldier voting for the first time. The accompanying text on the following page praised the good sense and discretion and above all modesty which the free men have displayed in the exercise of their franchise. In our book, Colored River, Dr. E. Henderson Lawson and yours truly, we uncovered history of our Henderson ancestors concerning my great-grandfather, Jim Henderson, traveled from his farm outside of Butler, Texas, to the city of Fairfield during the Radical Reconstruction to vote for the first time. And I want to give a shout-out now to my great-grandfather, Jim Henderson. who voted for the first time as a black man. We will not be silent. Uh, The year 1972, my grandmother, Annie Beatrice Child Henderson, spoke a prophecy on my life to preach and the word of God, write the book of the stone land, which I had done. My grandmother believed in the power of God. She believed through faith the world would be changed. Over the last 40 years, I have set the bar high in my life is a black minister, an educator, to never let the injustice done to my ancestors 100 years ago remain a secret. Several years ago, I divinely and spiritually became connected 
with my first cousin from Texas, Dr. E. Henderson Lawson. And we began a thorough campaign representing the fourth generation of Hugh and Zillian Henderson to investigate the racism in East Texas done to our family members and neighboring black farmers in Anderson and Freestone County, Texas. We agreed to become the voices of the voiceless, the voices of the dead, the voices of black people, black farmers in Freestone, Anderson County, Texas. Our deceased ancestors and other black farmers were never given the opportunity to fight for their American rights as citizens, landowners of Anderson and Freestone County, Texas. And our podcast, Dr. RT Color River Connections, will never be silent. Our book, Colored River, will never be silent. We will continue to exploit the racism in this country and how black people, including black farmers, have suffered over these last 100 years since the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation and the celebration of Juneteenth. As we are now on the eve of the 2020 elections in America, we are preparing to demonstrate our power, our authority at the ballot box. We must never forget those who came before us. We must not be silent. And we must remember Selma, Alabama. By March 1966, nearly 11,000 blacks had registered to vote in Selma, and about 12,000 whites had registered to vote in Selma. But if we go back one year, to on March the 7th, 1965, when then 25-year-old Activist John Lewis led over 600 marchers across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, and faced brutal attacks by oncoming state troopers. Footage of the violence collectively shocked the nation. 
and galvanize the fight against racial injustice. In 1989, while Junior at the ITC in Atlanta and the Morehouse School of Religion, I was working and studying for Masters of Divinity degree. I had a professor, Dr. Goodwin, who had a class in religion and politics. And one of the requirements for passing that class was to write a paper about Selma and to take a trip from Atlanta, Georgia to Selma, Alabama. They had our housing set up where we would eat. We visited a church in Selma, had prayer meeting. But before we left Selma, we all had to meet at the Edmund Prentice Bridge. My classmates and myself, we stood at the beginning of the bridge and we could read the sign saying the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And I remember standing there early that morning and uh, the emotions started to be lifted up in my, my body. Even now, it brings tremendous amount of emotions to me. Knowing that John Lewis is now dead, Dr. King passed on, assassinated in Memphis. But I remember standing there I just want to give a moment of silence before I speak further on Selma. As I stood on that historical bridge, knowing what happened years ago. My mind traveled back into time. I saw my brothers and sisters walking across that bridge, 
setting their eyes on justice and their eyes on the law enforcement waiting to bestow hate water hoses dogs and brutality upon their bodies because Bull Connor wanted history to remain the same. Even before Bull Connor, even before John Lewis and others who walked across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, the white power structure, the Republicans, have made a plan to suppress black people from voting in national, state, and local elections. I will never forget the moment I walked across Edmund Pettus Bridge in 1989. Being a gospel preacher, retired now from several black Baptist churches in Georgia, I will never forget my grandmother's prophecy. And I will never forget what happened on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And we as a people must never forget. Because Malcolm X says, if we forget history, it shall repeat itself. And we must be strong as a people. And we must come together for injustice, even more so today, because of what has happened in terms of discrimination, inequality, Racism and division that bleeds our streets today in the United States of America. And our reminder of Selma should always be in our hearts and our minds and our souls of what happened. Somebody said the more things change, the more they stay the same. We must continue to come together. Continue to be educated. The HBCUs, a good starting place. 
I graduated from Albany State University in Albany, Georgia, where I met my wife. I have a friend. in my former school, Brother Tennyson, who graduated from Howard University, where the Vice President, Camilla Harris, graduated from. All these black schools are so important, and I will be doing a podcast of the importance of HBCUs in the near future. But as black people, If you haven't voted, early voting, you have on November the 3rd. Take your water bottle, lawn chair, sit, stand in line, and cast that ballot. And remember Selma, Alabama. Don't let anyone turn you around. We must never forget Selma. We must never forget those who died because of white hatred, racism. We must never forget the recent killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Even this week in Philadelphia, a black man was shot by police. We need police reform. We need changes in our government. But they're not going to come in the hands of the Trump administration. They will take place in the Biden-Harris administration. And that's the way it is. We have given Trump four years to change America. And he has refused to change America. And since he has gone into office, it has gotten worse. If we vote for change today, because of what is called a Federalist Society, who have put now three Supreme Court justices on the court to go right of the people of this country. If we vote for change, then a Democratic Senate, Democratic House can bring a new Judicial Act of 2021 adding four to five justices and prevent the Republicans and the Federalist Society from taking our rights away as people of color and as the American people of all races, creeds, and color. It's time, my brothers and sisters, to take a stand at 
the voting, voting booth. I have some update information. Dr. E. Henderson Lawson and yours truly are entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs of our own book. We are sole publishers of our book, Colored River. Congratulations, Dr. Henderson Lawson. We are sole publishers of our book. And you can go to our official websites, www.coloredriver.com and see what Dr. E. Henderson Lawson has to say. I'm sure you enjoy the reading. And you can go to www.yourstrulyrtkennedysenior.com and pick up some information I have provided on that website. And when you get done with that, you can go to amazon.com and Kindle eBooks and purchase, purchase our book, paperback or electronic. And let me tell you this, coming soon, is our Colored River book audio, audio book that I'm sure you will enjoy. COVID is still out there. People are still getting sick, still dying. Wear your mask, social distance. Be safe. I want to see you around next year as well as myself, my family. Remember, we're on the eve of the biggest election, the soul of America. Do not waste the power God in this constitution of America has given to you. Go out and vote. And as you go out and vote, remember, the Emancipation Proclamation. Remember those who have been killed trying to exercise their right to vote in this country. Those who were hung and beaten. Please vote. America depends on you to vote. Vote your conscience, but vote. Next week, when I come to you, we will have a new president, a new administration. I got a lot of wonderful ideas for this podcast. I thank God for giving me this opportunity. It's been fun. I started with one listener. Now I'm on the verge of going over 800. But I'm going to speak on behalf of our people and the injustices 
that are done to black people each and every day across this country. Dr. King said, we should not be judged by the color of our skin. And he was talking about his children, but by the content of our character. All I can tell you is keep walking. Never stop. Don't turn around. You are strong in your faith and God is with you. Until next Sunday morning, Dr. R.T. Colored River Connections Podcast. Be blessed.